Welcome to Here Come the Sequels, a full spoiler podcast where we take a look at popular film franchises one movie at a time. I'm Tyler. You know, and I'm just happy we watched something less violent this week. I mean, after Green Room, there's only so much this this old chunk of coal can take, you know? <laughs> I mean, I'm out. Less violent than Puss in Boots, raves Alex of Here Come the Sequels. <laughs> uh, and I'm Britton. And I am on the podcast. Hey, guys. I was trying to cover the Mean Girls joke because we were talking about Mean Girls before we recorded. Um, but I couldn't think of any. I don't think butter's a carb. And will today's movie go in the burn book? Well, I guess we'll find out on today's episode of Here Come the Sequels, starring me, Britton. Are we Is that what's happening here? Yeah, <laughs> we all do our own intro. I've been Alex. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we 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 are back. We have uh, thank you guys. I know we had some unconventional catch ups and holidays and stuff. Unconventional catch ups like the '90s or whatever did Shrek ones. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the 2000s. But today we uh, we're getting back no, into it was, our. It was it was ahead of its time. All right, <laughs> we anticipate <laughs> we anticipate a film called Shrek. That's actually what New Coke was. <laughs> Shrek Coke. We I have gazed into the abyss and seen Shrek. <laughs> it was a sort of uh, a sort of um, Coke the Baptist came to tell us about about Shrek. <laughs> I. <laughs> But we're back to our core competency. We are doing... That was a series of words. It sure was. <laughs> uh, we are doing a brand new franchise for us on the podcast today. Back to our core thing. Yeah. Yeah, we are talking about John Wick, uh, which will slowly accumulate subtitles and such. Um, that's that's my cue <laughs> to Alex. <laughs> Oh, oh, is is that is that my signal to get going? Yes. Oh, okay. Correct. Man, I love it when we're hot. I love it when we're just on it. I love it when we're hot. I love look, those guys. Look, Britain, this is it's not being released live, but we're doing it live. That's true. We are doing That's it live. That's true. Technically every movie is live when you think about it. John Wick from twenty fourteen, <laughs> directed by Chad Stahelski. It has an eighty six percent critic score on Rotten Tomatoes and an eighty one percent audience score. Britain uh, what is your best and worst thing for John Wickerman? <laughs> uh, well, first of all, I gotta do a little, uh, little edit on you there, Alex. A little goofs. Uh, it was directed by Chad Stahelski and David Leach, or Leach. There you go. It was, uh, he was, he did not receive a, a directing credit, but they both directed it because of the DGA rules. Ooh, guilds strike again. So you're telling me that Rotten Tomatoes is incorrect? Uh, yes, I am. I, All right, we gotta putting them on trial. I, I am putting reiterating the the uh, lack of legitimacy. Going of... going to, to big tomato. Saying, hey, <laughs> we're not gonna be we're not gonna be told to stand down. Nope, not at all. Um, we're gonna fight this. And but I know a lot of people David out there are Leach, Leach, the guy who director made... of Hobbs and Shaw, Hobbs and Shaw, Deadpool two, and our Deadpool favorite director, two. and our Deadpool two, our favorite director. Yeah. And speaking of Deadpool 2, we got to do a synopsis because not everybody's heard of this movie. Not everybody knows what it's about. And to do that, of course, we're bringing in my roommate, Mark Zuckerberg. Mark, come on in here, buddy. (laughs) 
thanks. Oh, wow. Just gotta... Oh, I just gotta adjust my Floby. <laughs> this film, Keanu Reeves... No, that's... The title's the second. But they're both names, I know, but one is the name of the movie. Is it Keanu? You just said it right. You just said it right, John. Mark, just read the synopsis. Thank you. Legendary assassin John Wick Keanu Reeves, he has four names. No, it's in parentheticals, Mark. Just <laughs> just ignore if it's in parentheticals, don't say it. Parentheses are the hugs of the grammar world. Mark! Sorry. <laughs> Legendary assassin John Wick retired from his violent career after marrying the love of his life. Her sudden death leaves John in deep mourning. When sadistic monster... Oh, boy. Iosef Tarasov? Did I do it? You did it. Keep going. And his, uh, his mean guys steal John's prized car and kill the puppy that was a last gift from his wife, John unleashes the remorseless killing machine within and seeks vengeance. Meanwhile, Iosef's father, John's former colleague, puts a huge bounty on John's head. Finally, a movie for me. Now, my best thing about... We don't need you for this part, Mark. You can go back to your, your mega blocks. Great, I'm, I'm building a pyramid. You, you sure are, buddy. Just like the aliens did, Mark. <laughs> we need Mark to, to leave a little sticky note for his best and worst thing. Please consult your historical advisor before spreading information about pyramids. Um, <laughs> my best thing about this movie. So I, I, I'm a big uh, fan of this movie. This is the second time I've watched it. I actually haven't seen John Wick's two and three. So I'm really excited to check those out. Um, there's a lot of things I could call as my best thing. Uh, this is the, I mean, pretty much any, not any element, but most elements I could call. So I'm just going to say the overall cast. Obviously, Keanu is the star and we all love him. And he absolutely is great and wonderful um, and funny. But uh, just throughout, the movie keeps throwing familiar faces at us. Mm-hmm. And that it's just great to see him, even if they don't get to do a whole lot. It's just nice to see folks like Clark Peters. Um, that's it. <laughs> Clark Peters and Ian McShane and Lance Reddick and uh, Willem Dafoe, John Leguizamo, uh, Alfie Allen, of course, is is really great. Michael Nyquist does a great job. Uh, Adrian Palicki, even down mm-hmm. to just like these little mini appearances by folks that I recognize, like Bridget Regan and uh, Bridget Moynihan. No, yeah, Bridget Regan and Bridget Moynihan. Um, uh, I just really liked seeing all these guys just pop up. Toby Leonard Moore from Daredevil is in this. <laughs> Um, and that was cool. I really liked him a lot on, on Daredevil and it was fun to see him in this This is like a big Russian version of his character from Daredevil almost. Um, so yeah, I just, I liked that the movie kept giving us actors to look at, um, and enjoy in this big kooky world. And I uh, look forward to seeing who they bring on for the next two. As far as the worst thing, I really don't know. I mean, I guess the obvious would be that the dog dies. Um, but also... It, it, it's this weird case where, of course, I wish it didn't happen, but the movie is so, it's like, this is the one movie that I can almost let do it because, you know, the premise of the movie is, yeah. you stole my car and killed my dog, so I murder a hundred people. <laughs> like, it, it's like, all right, well, I do feel satisfied by the end, and he gets a, a, <laughs> a another also adorable dog. Um, 
I actually, maybe my worst thing is that Clark Peters dies because he doesn't get to do enough. And I like Clark Peters a lot. Um, yeah, I was, I was really hoping for a, a, a reunion of, of actors from the wire. Right. And right. that just didn't happen. I don't know. Yeah. He's, he's really, really great. Um, but it's okay. But yeah. I mean, really like if that's my worst thing about the movie, it's obviously a pretty great movie. Who wants to go next? I can go. Keanu is my my best thing. I think this is the perfect action vehicle for him, even more so than The Matrix. Mm. And I think that's just because I think John Wick brings out Keanu Reeves's kind of two biggest strengths for me. And this is kind of this it's like this weird duality that I was seeing throughout the movie. Um, and that it really comes down to they stole his car and killed his dog. Cause it's like it, it, there's the very like mechanical, like masculine side of like, they took a thing that I, I, you know, that's not real. And like, I, I would use it to drive around. It's a very, you know, hyper masculine yeah. kind of symbol. Yeah. <clears throat> and now I'm going to shoot everybody. But then there's also the, no, you basically stole my heart. Like mm-hmm. you destroyed this thing that means so much to me. And I feel like Keanu Reeves, just with his acting, he's very good at being stoic and serious. And he's, wonderful with the action scenes it's almost like ballet the way he handles the choreography mm-hmm. but then there's also just it's it's very subtle but even like with his eyes he almost like has like sad puppy dog eyes mm-hmm. like he's very sensitive and it's very clear that john has he's holding stuff back that he's not fully kind of revealing revealing himself um and i think keanu reeves just with his his kind of acting style that's he excels at that um I, to be fair, I haven't seen him in that many things. It's really just this, the Matrix movies, and then uh, the Francis Ford Coppola Dracula movie, which everyone kind of lampoons his performance in that. Um, but that's not necessarily his fault. Um, but yeah, I think Keanu Reeves, this is... Without him, I don't think this works. I think it could right. still be a pretty fun action movie. I don't know if this is a franchise without him. Um. And I, I can't really, like, he is, like, he is such at the center of this that I don't, I can't imagine another actor doing it yeah. this well. Uh, my worst thing is going to be, um, I, Britt Niles had a difficult time thinking of something. I think it's ultimately going to be the final confrontation, I think, is not super memorable for me. It's just kind of a fight in the rain. Um, yeah, I actually, I was going to say, I had seen this. I think a couple of times before, and I was having trouble remembering how it ended. I, I knew the result, but I was having trouble remembering, like, does he throw Vigo off of a, uh, or off into the, like, dock or wherever, wherever like, the dry dock? Um, like, I couldn't, I couldn't remember what exactly happened at the end of it. Yeah. Um, and, and not to say that, that Vigo is a terrible character or anything. I think Michael Nykvist? I believe it's Nykvist, but I could be wrong. Nykvist? Um, I think he's very good in the yeah. movie. I think the opening scene where he's kind of uh, he's slapping Yosef around and he's like, do you know what you just did? Do you know who you just messed with? Um, that's all wonder, uh, wonderfully handled. I think the problem is they don't really build up his physicality. So at the end, when he's having a one on one with John Wick, I'm going, yeah, he's going to die. Like sure. there's yeah. he does not have a He's just like an older guy. Yeah. Yeah, like, the only thing he could really have is that John Wick has been fighting for, like, 16 hours. <laughs> yeah. 
And the the thing that kind of flashed in my brain was um, there's a scene in it was actually cut out of the theatrical cut, but in the director's cut of the um, the 2003 Daredevil movie of all things, there's a a kind of extended scene that shows Michael Clark Duncan's character. You know, he plays the kingpin and he kills a couple of his bodyguards. And it's supposed to very early on establish, no, he might be a big guy. He might look like he moves, you know, slow or whatever. He might just be lumbering. But when he gets a, somebody in his hands, he destroys them. Um, and that way, when you get to the final fight with Daredevil, it feels like it's actually, you know, proper, properly set up and paid off. Yeah. Um, whereas with this, I was just like, I guess it's John's tired because he just killed an army of guys. So now it's a fair fight. I don't know. I think that could have been handled a little bit better. Sure. But that's there are so many action scenes in this movie. I'm not going to complain if one was just fine. Sure. <laughs> um, I think my best thing, and I, I don't want to... I'm tempted to not use this because I know that this only gets crazier over the next couple of movies. Um... I really adore the world of yeah. John Wick. And I think this movie sure. already sets up a lot of the stuff that as it moves along, um, they, they really like steer into that and create this like heightened reality of assassins. Um, this one introduces uh, the idea of this like assassin currency mm -hmm. uh, that is used to pay a cleaning crew uh who goes around and, and cleans up the the victims of the assassins and there's the assassin hotel uh that ian mcshane runs yes yes yeah. yes and, the continental uh, yes the continental um and uh they have the rules about assassins can't fight in here and like everyone needs these assassins to do all sorts of crazy things there's various different ones who are like specializing in different things like adrian palicki's character is very uh black widow-esque mm -hmm. in her approach whereas uh willem dafoe is is like a he only ever is a sniper that's that's his specialty is like doing long range like i like that they established that all these people have uh different skill sets that they bring to the table and also uh there's apparently enough assassinating needed in this world that it's a lucrative business yeah and that they, they constantly like stand off of it I, I love the um the part where the police officer shows up after john wick's been i guess after he has killed uh like the, all the people that um what's his face from the all-state commercials <laughs> has has sent after him the uh mayhem guy Dennis oh Facebook. yeah it's um yeah. i've got the castle it dean winners oh yeah dean, dean winners, winners dean there winners. we go yeah from 30 um, yes uh i did find he, that distracting the whole time i was like it is a little weird john wick's gonna kill you <laughs> <laughs> um you're the all stake you're the mayhem guy <laughs> yeah. he's dennis duffy yeah uh he uh he sends the crew to john wick and john wick um kills all of them and then the police show up and the guy's like Hey John, got a got a noise complaint. Like usual, you 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 back to doing stuff? And yeah. John's like, "Yep." And he's like, "All right, I'll leave you alone." <laughs> like that's that, that's, that's so a funny. nice bit. Yeah, John's like, or he's like, "You're back. You're working again." John's like, "Just taking care of some stuff." <laughs> all right, good night, John. And there's just a dead body in the background. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're all just like, 
All right. <laughs> yeah. Keanu's really funny um, in that. Mm-hmm. It's good. It's good comedic timing. And I, I like, yeah, the, the whole, the whole universe is, is such a fun idea. And I, I remember them really drilling into that as, as it goes along. I'll, I'm, I should say that I have only ever watched these, I think all over the span of like two days. Uh, Cause I, Alex, you showed them to me and I watched, I think the first one one night and then the second one, and then went to see the third one in theaters after watching the second one yeah and it was it was too much at once uh i'm <laughs> very excited to space it out and kind of have more like okay I've, I've digested this one now i can give myself time to get excited about all that action and, and how cool it looks because it is it is like headache inducing after a while because there's it, it's so much it's so much action i vividly um, remember sitting there in the theater with you watching john wick 3 going this is like the most this is the coolest thing i've ever seen i have such a headache right now <laughs> <laughs> yes uh so excited about that but um i do remember that in the second and third one of like oh this is really neat so we'll get there um my worst thing and i'll be curious to see what y'all think of it because it's very much a taste thing uh is that i feel like the movie is a little too earnest mm. um i feel like the, the the one the one stylistic touch that really bothers me and i i can't fully explain why is the fonts of the subtitles oh sure uh with that where they they'll use like the boogeyman or uh john wick at one point they say like the wolf among the sheep and the wolf is like highlighted right, and it's right. always like this like yellow like em- emphasized thing but it's it's not i don't know it's it's like yeah. a it's an actual graphic right well and the subtitles um, aren't like at the bottom they're like diagonal across the screen they're like yeah they're they're yeah. a little flashy and i think i could get behind that because there are there are moments in the movie where that works for me but sure. like they there's a few like that where they highlight his name and, and make it big and bold. Um, and I, the, the speech he has where he says it's specifically the line you, they killed that from me where he's, he's saying it's the the famous speech where he's like, yeah, I'm thinking I'm back, which is a good moment. Um, but he says like, they, they took that from me. They stole that from me. They killed that from me that that line doesn't quite land for me sure and there so there's a few like cracks here and there where i feel like earnest is the best way i can describe it like it, it feels a little bit too playing it straight and and kind of not being being more self-aware like i think the the way the movie highlights the the myth of john wick uh works well enough on its own that it doesn't need to add those flares. And for me, that kind of rubbed it the wrong way of like pushing it too far to the, we have to make it really, really, really clear how cool John wick is. Um, when I'm like, you got the action scenes, you don't, you don't need any of that. You, this, this is very obvious to me. that He's very good at this. Yeah. I mean, this, so, this uh, yeah, the, the bit where John Leguizamo is like, where did you get that car? Like that, that alone <laughs> sets up mm-hmm. so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. And, and then he calls uh, Vigo and he's like, Hey, uh, I, I punched your son because <laughs> I did he, punch your son. Yes. <laughs> because uh, he did this to John Wick. He's like, ah, cool. Um, yeah. So, I mean, and that's like a minor thing, yeah. but that was the one thing that like trying to watch it and, and 
really like give it a critical eye. That was the one thing that popped out to me is that I, I feel like there's there's something there where it's stylistically it's not quite on point. Yeah. For me. No. <coughs> Excuse me. I hear you. I watched maybe twenty minute twenty minutes of the Nicolas Cage film Jujitsu. And I believe the subtitles were similarly formatted in that. Because at times this movie does come off like a B-movie action thriller, yeah. which is not necessarily a bad thing. But so often, like we mentioned having watched Unhinged uh, not long ago, which is a movie that we all liked, I think, more than we thought we were going to or differently yes. maybe than we thought we were going to. But like that definitely feels like a low, like B-grade, like thriller you know just kind of go out grab it on red box kind of deal and at times john wick looks like that obviously it's higher budget because of the actors and everything but times it kind of feels like that which is not really a bad thing but in moments like that it can be a little more noticeable with the way they're formatting some of the subtitles or what have you it's like oh okay yeah it's like the the occasional line yeah is like it's not quite on yeah for me i know what you mean I feel like this does improve a little bit with the sequels because those are basically just embrace the absurdity of it all and they yeah. just kind of go hog wild with it. Um, yeah, I, I I sort of agree with you, Tyler. I think one of the interesting things with this movie and one of the things that helps helps it stick out from most of the other movies we've watched, it has this very, very interesting escalation of like showing you the world in terms mm -hmm. of it starts off as kind of this bottle i mean we get the opening scene where he's wounded because we're an action movie so we have to do that um we have to we have to show the flash forward of him being wounded yeah. and that way he has the flashback to show you how it all happened um bet you're wondering that, how i got myself into this mess exactly that, that was, it's a little cliche um but, you know, it starts off as kind of just like this very sad, small movie of like, oh, this guy loses his wife and then he gets the dog or whatever. And then it's like, oh, it's going to be an action movie. He gets robbed or whatever. Oh, it's a world of assassins. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, I, I, I think that does it, it like it's a very gradual, like through the first hour. It's a very, very nice build up, I think. Um, But when you're doing that, I think you do run the risk of kind of. uh having some tonal issues in terms of well you start off as more of a serious somber yeah. thing and then you end with just all this crazy action bonanza so and it, i was surprised at how long it was i don't know exactly how long into the movie before john wick had his first like action scene when the the uh not alfie allen and his crew but the other guys who try to come to take him out preemptively yeah that's like 30 minutes into the movie or something. Like it's mm -hmm. been about an hour before we get to the really insane, like John Wick is, is storming the, the nightclub and everything. Like it's a, it takes a good while, which I ultimately appreciate to give us a sense of like, here's who the people are. Here's what, how the, this thing works. Now we're just going to do it. Um, yeah. And it does kind of, it's, you get a little bit crazier each time. Cause you're like, okay, he's talking to Willem Dafoe at his wife's funeral. Okay, this is part of his past. Oh, okay, he's he's running into these guys. He speaks Russian. Okay, so maybe he he's got something going on there. And then you see that like he has this stash of guns, 
and you start kind of getting this sense of like, okay, there's more to this guy and he knows a cleaner who can come in and take care of stuff. Mm-hmm. And we just kind of ratchet it up gradually in a way. Um, as opposed to a, like from dusk till dawn kind of thing where, which is not a bad thing, but I like the way they did it here. Yeah. Yeah. As, as Harold Prince says, there are not necessarily rules to things, but you, there's a feel for what identifies and what works for a given project. Paraphrasing. Yeah. I, I think for me, part of it is almost that the action is, uh, is too good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, like at times, like it, it it's so well choreographed, yeah. choreographed and precise and grounded. Um, that I think, I think you're right, Alex, it has to get to the, the big stuff at the end for everything to kind of coalesce and be like, okay, now we have this wild stuff going on and this feels like we're in the tone that, we're in like a tone that now feels comfortable and it's right. not something that's that's escalating at that point um because i think i think that is it's kind of the the b movie um the intentional b movie uh corniness or or earnestness again mixing with like oh this is really really well done yeah. action and that's sometimes hard to hard to uh pull together so i do remember the the second and third ones feeling more confident in like what they wanted to do from the outset so i'm excited to get back to those but this does feel like one of the best possible examples of yeah they probably choreographed a lot of the fight scenes and had a good idea for how they wanted to handle those before they had the plot all tidied up Mm -hmm. and they kind of fit the plot around the action scenes well no the script was uh, i think was first oh it was i think the director the writer because he based it on the guy who wrote lone survivor um, mm. he apparently had a similar experience where some guys broke into his house and then he chased them down with a gun. And like, I think he ended up not taking them out. So obviously the writer of John Wick, like extrapolated a lot, but I guess he yeah. heard him tell that story and was like, Oh wow. I wonder what I can spin out from that. I, and I don't know exactly the, produ- the order of the production things. Like if he was talking to Stahelski about it or, or what, but sure. I mean, fair enough. I, I, I you know, if I'm wrong on that, then sure. Um, I guess it's interesting that, you know, uh, Stahelski and um, Leach are both kind of stunt guys and they come from that background and coming into yeah. this with all that experience. And they, they worked on the Matrix with Keanu Reeves. I think one of them was his stunt double. Stahelski was, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's the thing to really like. We, we, we kind of keep not. We've mentioned it, but like if we're not doubling down on it, it's because it's kind of a known thing. But the action in this movie is so good, like it is incredible. And yeah. I know that it gets it just gets even more so in the next two. So I'm again very excited to see those. But it it it's really stunning what this movie accomplishes. Like it is violent, but you end up not even at least I was not even really worried about like am I upset by what I'm seeing? It's like no, I'm just so impressed by what these stunt performers are pulling off and I think Stelsky and Leach do a great job of directing the movie not and it's not one of these movies that like yeah it looks fine but then the action scenes are really well directed I think the whole movie is is well shot and it's really there's some really striking images like I love the, uh, the when Alfie Allen in the towel is running away into like the nightclub where everyone's dancing uh there's a shot where John Wick is coming up and it, the camera's in front of Wick and like behind him is this like pulsing visual on the screen behind yeah. the DJ of these like uh, uh, rings flying out. That's just a great image and it holds there for a long time. Like 
it's it's a really confidently shot movie, but it we all know how I feel about this. We got a lot of long takes, a lot of smooth shots of the action, so we get to fully see uh, everything that happens. And I think that's the benefit of when you have a stunt guy making this movie. It's clear that he's like, I want to really show off what these people can do. Yeah. Because I know this world and I know how much work goes into it. So I don't want to just keep cutting around it. Um, yeah. And obviously it helps that like they got actors who can do a good bit of their own stunts. Like I know Keanu and Adrian Palicki do a lot of stunt heavy stuff. Palicki, of course, was on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And Friday Night Lights is not a stunt heavy show, but that's what <laughs> I know her from. And she's great on that. Um, I think you're forgetting about Friday Night Lights season five. <laughs> when they go, actually, they have to deal with the underground uh, the, the, of East Dillon. Yes. yes. Oh, man, what a good show. But yeah, she, uh, I, I, know, I know the two of them do a lot of their own stuff. I I don't know about like Michael Nyquist's background and stuff like that. But um, yeah, it's just really, really impressive. Also, how great is Willem Dafoe? <laughs> Just it's just good to see him, and I really love the uh, the the touch of him being he is is brought in by Michael Nyquist. Michael Nyquist, in order to protect his his horrible son, is like I will put. W- would you would you kill John Wick for two million dollars? Like trying to gauge how, what he should put to guarantee that people will actually come after the most powerful assassin in the world, and uh uh defoe's like yeah i would so they set it up throughout the movie as though defoe is tailing john wick to betray him but then he keeps protecting him like he shoots when john wick's asleep he shoots the pillow next to his head to wake him up because he sees adrian palicki coming in to get him which is also a very nice touch because you might be asking yourself why didn't he just shoot her Mm -hmm. you'd be breaking continental rules yep yeah Yeah. that's a big thing in in about how she broke she broke the rules by attacking him and then by killing Clark Peters. So then he McShane has like five men <laughs> attack her in a, in a pavilion of some kind. I want to say that's in uh central park. Oh, okay. Cause we, they do go back to that. Um, yeah, at least in the second one, they go oh, back okay. to that location. And I believe it's a, a set piece in iron fist. Oh, it is. You're right. Speaking <laughs> of great stunt work. Huh? Tyler, I'm so sorry. I just gave you memories of Iron Fist. I'm I'm more just like bemused. <laughs> I'm like ah, which yeah. I mean, it has to be that they watched John Wick and maybe the second one. <laughs> I don't know the timing on that. And they went, "That's our location for this fight yeah. scene." Yeah, <laughs> I I really appreciate the movie taking its time in the opening act. And, yes, you know, like I said, kind of escalating the scope, but also just kind of using using every opportunity you can to show how competent John Wick is before he actually does the shooting. Like, I really love the scene where he just goes to like this empty airfield or whatever, and he's driving around his car because it shows you, Oh, Hey, this guy, he knows, he knows his way around the wheel. He knows how to drive. Yeah. That way, when he starts doing that at the end of the movie, it's like, Oh no, he's a Mary Sue. He's, he's (laughs) just good at everything, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) But then also like, there's a, a very nice moment where he's like trying to drive as fast as he can. And it's almost like, is he trying to like commit suicide or something? And he's, and he's screaming. Um, and I, I, it's a very powerful moment. And I think, uh, once again, Keanu Reeves is, this is perfect, perfect role for him. Uh, also Martin Sue, please. 
a George R. R. Martin Sue? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> well, I'm perfect and can do anything. <laughs> like, <laughs> except for write my final books. The world's greatest stunt driver. <laughs> George R. R. Martin. <laughs> I based the character of Dark Side Dark Star is an is is an author in is a me author insert. He would too. He'd be he'd be upfront about it. Dark, <laughs> I'm George Dark Star R. Martin. <laughs> like yeah, I thought it would be fun. You didn't know about my silver hair <laughs> and cool cool sword. Oh, Dark and Star Spinders. Uh man, the show would have look, been guys. With if Dark you Star. thought. If you thought we were going to put a moratorium on talking about Game of Thrones since we did how many hours of content on that, uh, you, you were you were so, so wrong. It's it's almost like it's actually still a show that we think about a lot because it's very, it's very relevant. And uh, the Internet constantly references it, even though everyone wants to tell you that nobody talks about it anymore. Um, <laughs> yeah. And the show that largely worked for me and that I enjoyed yes. remembering. Yeah, I don't so know. So Alfie how... Allen is in the film. Alfie oh, Allen is in the, the film. film. I talked about And also yeah. Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, he's really good in this. He's So let's talk about how uh Keanu Reeves should have played Dark Star in Game of Thrones. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, that would have been so good. Look what Biddy Off and Weiss took for hey, us. Hey, I'm what the light did. of the I'm the night of the morning. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Dark Star. <laughs> Oh, that'd be so good. Oh, I'm so mad. For, him him not, trying to have you had a, like a stoic, okay. like like it's like an argument in being stoic between him and Jon Snow. It's like who can out stoic <laughs> the other. Uh, what were you saying, Tyler? I was going to say, Britain, I did not know you had a Keanu Reeves impression like locked and loaded. I didn't either. <laughs> you it just, just appeared the, the dark star dark, dark star drew it out in it really our, is i have a dark star impression in our in our next episode <laughs> um mark zuckerberg and dark star will be doing the synopsis for john wick yes. chapter two god guys if there's a dark star outfit i might get on the metaverse <laughs> <laughs> listen i don't i don't want to date the podcast and talk about the, the world we all live in by the time people are listening to this, but like what up guys? This is this is Metaverse Bill here, <laughs> your favorite YouTuber for all your metaverse content. Uh today I'm gonna be showing you off the uh the new Dark Star NFT costume. Uh it it is uh, a two million dollar <laughs> costume that you can get on the metaverse. Uh it's pretty cool. Tyler, I am gonna need you to get off the podcast right now to go reserve the name made ray bill because <laughs> if anyone else on god's beautiful green earth that we all share and live on has that name other than you it is an injustice <laughs> tyler tyler we're making you a twitch account <laughs> I will also accept. Look at metaverse thing. I'll also accept better Ray Bezos, but I really want. (laughs) Look, guys, I I know this 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 podcast will go out a a few days after it's recorded. But quickly, if you want to jump online right now, you can see Tyler uh, (laughs) doing Twitch streaming uh, a Halo Infinite (laughs) under the name (laughs) Meta Ray Bill. (laughs) 
Because <laughs> I'm going to play some Halo Infinite and talk about how the only reason Game of Thrones is bad is because it doesn't have Dark Star in it. <laughs> oh, hey, Tyler, that guy's, hey, uh, <laughs> that, that guy's DPS is pretty low because he's noble. <laughs> because he's noble. Tyler, a Twitch stream one, of one you kill, just, one just playing Halo. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> eye for an eye. Like Dark Star would want. <laughs> A Twitch stream of you just constantly playing Halo Infinite and then defending Game of Thrones against just people trolling you in the comments is something I need now. Do you think? Do you think that would make me better at Halo? I, I, it might. It might make me more. It might be more in the zone. It it helps you build up some self confidence because you're like, you know what? I do believe in my thoughts on Game of Thrones. I'm gonna kill some people in Halo Infinite. (laughs) Oh mercy. (laughs) <laughs> so that's a little bit of here come the sequels theater <laughs> so alfie allen and uh, alfie John allen Mike. is in this i think he's very good he he is really good at playing these just like spoiled punks <laughs> that you're just kind of like somebody knocks some sense into this goober they're able to to feign kind of masculinity until it's just kind of yeah. like the facade just crumbles away at the slightest touch like he did a Um, really great job with theon's whole arc in game of thrones i thought and and he's he's really good in this and again i liked i liked toby leonard more um just on principle but like yeah he's like from the beginning when he rolls up on on john wick in the gas station is trying to get the car you're like oh just somebody come on it's my swap this fly Yeah, no, he's he's quite good in it. I almost I almost kind of regret I, I, I appreciate how John Wick like once he's got um Yosef um kind of down, he just walks up and shoots him. There's not any sort of like grandiose like I'm yep. gonna I'm gonna have a one liner and kill you. He just walks up and shoots him. Uh but at the same time I almost wish he, he had a more grandiose death. I, I, he, I don't know. I, I definitely hear you mean because I, I had a similar thought, but I do like how that's done in like one long take of of Wick just like walking through the like past all this all the crates and stuff. Yeah. So and it, there's smoke behind them and yeah. yeah. So it's not. It feels grandiose differently. Yeah. Um. Then then I certainly would have uh, expected. Um. Sure. But I ultimately it ultimately worked on me, and I think it's because. There's this sense of like, you're just a, a a bug under my shoe. Like you caused a lot of problems, but like ultimately you're nothing. You don't get a cool fight. There is no grand execution. It's just like no, now you're done because you are nothing. <laughs> kind of. Kind well, of I I do think it helps keep John on the the very fine line with kind of his anti-hero antics. Let's say. Um, where it's like, okay, John is still like likable because he's not reveling in this. He's just yeah. like, I have, I, I am. It's almost like he's honor bound to kill him. Yeah. Instead of like, no, I, I, I get like a sick pleasure out of killing people. Let me, I'm gonna shoot you because I have an excuse now. It's yeah. not like that. No, he's a, he's a Ronin doomed doomed to walk the shadow yeah. path. Yeah, I um, double trip. I I also like because I think. Uh, Alfie Allen is trying to say it was just a dog before, like he doesn't even get through the, through the full sentence, and then yeah. John says it wasn't, like as he walks away. That's pretty good. Yeah, I like how that keeps coming back. Of like, yeah. I heard you you're hunting these people because they they killed your dog or whatever. 
Yeah. I mean, and everyone's like, I'm sorry about your wife. Um, and also Venom. <laughs> <laughs> it It is funny. Like, they very quickly establish kind of the, the conflicted hand of, of once John starts doing this again, he can't leave. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's something that the sequels, like, they just run with that as the premise. And it's it's nice that it's so succinctly set up in this movie. Like, this movie is tailor-made for sequels. It doesn't feel like, oh, we got all of our ideas out for the first movie, and now we have to scramble to come up with a, uh, a two-parter that we're going to film back-to-back to try sure, and make sure. this whole thing into a trilogy. Um it feels like, oh no, no, no! We've got, we've got something here, and we're going to set yeah. this up properly. It's neat. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like a, <clears throat> it's it's like a classic, one-off action movie, like a, I think like a Die Hard or, a, yeah, even like a Raiders of the Lost Ark or, one one of those where it's like they just we're going to get a one-off movie and then it happened to be really good. So it got sequels. It feels like that, but this one is, is sneakily aware that they have a really good chance mm-hmm. of spinning a franchise out of this. So they're, they are seeding things, but if there were, if there weren't sequels, it would just be like, Oh, this is yeah. What a, what a great random action movie. Those, those a classic, uh, a modern classic, uh, in terms of the, the craft. Yeah. And the, well, because like the world um, that they build in the movie first. isn't so crazy that I'm like, well, wh- well, why did you introduce all that stuff if we're never going to get yeah. to hear about it? But it's also not it, – it's enough to make the movie interesting, but not enough to make you feel – it's enough to leave room for sequels, but not enough that you're like, well, you, there's so many – there's so much unexplored. There's so much unanswered. Um, it's a It's a good balance that they struck. I appreciated that they had a, a full scene of John recuperating and he has to get stitched up yeah. and by the keymaster from Matrix. Yeah. Yeah. Randall Duke. Yeah. And I think he comes back. Oh, cool. Um but it was just really neat how I mean, I'll go back a couple of weeks. Like I was, I was kind of talking about how ridiculous some of the action scenes were in Black Widow, and the fact that people were just kind of falling and taking yeah. hits and whatever, and there wasn't really like consequences to to the, the violence. And this is like, no, no, no. John Wick gets pretty messed up, and he's constantly like limping around. He has to get stitched up. Um, his doctor is just the the doctor is is giving him medication. I'm like, if you do decide to go out and shoot more people, take two of these first because mm-hmm. those stitches are gonna get ripped open and it's gonna hurt. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's nice. Uh, put the thought like in. It, it's just with how with how ridiculous the movie gets and when with how crazy the the sequels get, like it keeps that that level of of realism. Yeah. And it helps to set those stakes because, like, we're introduced pretty early to the concept of, oh, John Wick is incredibly good at this. So they have to create ways for their for it to feel like he's in danger because otherwise it, you would lose it would just be watching someone murder a bunch of people. Right. But since it is so clear that John is mortal and John can get hit and he does get back up because he's very strong. But again, we I, we mentioned on Daredevil, like there's most episodes of that show charlie cox has some kind of bruise or cut yeah. or stitch <laughs> or bandage and it or just kinda, tears or tears <laughs> um and the, the the show is constantly reminding you like no he is in pain when he's going into this so he might not survive and so you're constantly aware of that even if just in the back of your mind and i think uh 
it it adds to it because it's never too unbelievable because they've set up how heightened the world is and how good he is, yeah. but it's still enough to like ground him. Yeah. And I think what it does really well, um, it's almost like uh I'm thinking of the uh crap, the nineties Superman show, uh where Superman is like strong, but he's not he he has obvious ways that he can be uh knocked down in battle. Yeah. Um like that he can there there are enemies that he can go toe to toe with who can present a real threat to him, even though he is very strong. He's not like completely invincible. Um, it feels like the same thing here. Specifically, I'm thinking of how it really highlights him being like uh video game accuracy level good with <laughs> weapons. Yeah. But his hand, hand to hand, he is good, but he's not unstoppable. Right. Like when he, when people are able to get in close with him and get like into fights with him, that's how he gets hurt. And that's how he's able to, or they're able to show like that he can be stopped, but because he is such a monster when it, with a gun in his hand, he, the, any, any attempts to stop him will immediately fail when he manages to break away and point a gun at your head. Right. Like, I think that's a cool, like watching him work through the situations of the movie constantly puts him in mm-hmm. and escape from them and figure out how to kill the guy. Uh, because it almost always ends with the guys on the ground after John Wick is like beating him up and escaped some headlock he was in and then shoots him in the head. Uh, hmm. And it's, uh, I, I think that's a neat, like showing the, without ever really saying it, just showing how John Wick wants to fight. And like, he has a very distinct style again, going con- contrasting with the other assassins in the movie um, and all the, the grunts in the movie. Um, I think that's neat. I think that's that's some good kind of character stuff coming through in the fights. Of like this is, this is his style. Definitely. I also really like the line that where Vigo is like. Uh, he he gives John Wick an impossible task, and uh, the, um, the the men he killed or the bodies he buried that night. Uh, built the foundation for what we are today yeah that's yeah. a cool line that is good. that's that's a good like mythic mm-hmm. uh background for for john wick that uh we don't need to explore right i think i don't think this sequels explore that at all uh, i think it might like, what exactly he did I, I don't think it gets into the details of what he did specifically to leave i could be wrong but i know there are more people that just kind of show up from his past well, I assume there's going to be a, a prequel starring Finn Wolfhard called Wick. <laughs> They'll tell us. I feel like just feel how, like shot... how did he get that facial hair? <laughs> I was going to say, I feel like you've shot a little young unless you want this to just be like, he's just going to school. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Look, they John didn't Wick know goes, his last name. He gets his locker combination right every time. <laughs> Look, they didn't know his last name, but he was an orphan who grew up in a candle shop. I mean, what do you want? (laughs) (laughs) I I want uh, want a prequel movie that is all of the bits you put in the prequel movie trailer uh, of like, oh, hey, wow, wow, John, you're you're real good with that bow and arrow at the (laughs) archery camp or whatever. Like the that's not a 
the way that they would word that. In. I know what you're saying. But like, like I want all the bits that are like, oh, oh wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah. He's gonna, he's gonna become John Wick. Uh, but, but I just want the entire movie to be that, <laughs> and it's just constantly like referencing without a single attempt to create an actual narrative. Yeah, it's just he's walking around school and he's like, I don't know, he. Uh, yeah. John Wick doesn't have a lot of things beyond guns, does he? Um, I don't know. Um, <laughs> guidance counselor Woody Harrelson is like, John, John, you're, you're, you're always studying, and if it's not studying, it's your martial arts classes, and if it's not that, it's archery. You can't keep burning the candle at both ends, and he just looks <laughs> right down the camera. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Maybe I do want this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't usually go for prequels, but uh. um, one thing I did want to mention, uh, in terms of uh, competency with the action scenes, um, there was one thing that stuck out to me that that bothered me, and this is something that I, I I've mentioned uh with a couple of different movies. Um, I know I mentioned this with Mad Max, but that's a very very specific stylistic choice, and I I think the last time I mentioned this might have been uh, uh Mission Impossible Rogue Nation. I think. Um, sure. I noticed some speed ramping with the action sequences and it was mostly just like right at moments of impact. Like John's about to punch someone. So they speed up the footage a little bit. Um, I noticed that kind of sprinkled throughout and that's only something you notice if you watch, if you've seen the movie multiple times, your eye kind of catches it. Um, that's just a, a personal thing that kind of bothers me. That kind of takes me out of the, the scene when, when it doesn't feel like the flow is, is kind of natural. It feels like, Oh, somebody, somebody went into an editing room and slightly sped up like, a quarter of a second. Um, that's not going to bother anyone else aside from me, but yeah, I, I thought I'd it. bring that up because I have brought that up before. There you go. I, it will be Can't. interesting to see if that persists through the other two movies. Cause I don't remember it doing that, but I could be wrong. Can't, uh, can't get a thing past old Eagle. Eye <laughs> does, uh, Stahelski direct all three movies. I know he does the second. I believe he does all three. Cool. They don't bring in like John Turtletop or something. <laughs> look, look, if, if 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 it ends up being a case where where uh it improves in the next two movies, then I'll just blame it on David Leach, like I did Deadpool 2 and Hobbs and Jaw. That seems fair. <laughs> two no. is uh where chat three also is. Yeah. So I assume awesome. four is. Awesome, awesome. John Wick Chapter 4, directed by John Hughes. What? I was going to say, yeah, it's Steven Spielberg. Whoa. I don't know what to... There's a lot of John Wick, like, looking over his farm that he's earned. Yeah. I do want to know how they escalate the titles for Part 4, because the next one is just John Wick Chapter 2, and then the third one is John Wick Chapter 3, Parabellum. This is John Wick Chapter 4, Parabellum 2. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> all right you got me there you got and me there the next one is john wick chapter five parabellum three season of the wick <laughs> season of the wick season, season of the baba Yaga. i was about to do baba Yaga. yeah there you go <laughs> there's so many options yeah so many ways can we I bring would, in i um, would lose it if, if they call the next one john wick four season of the baba Yaga. 
God. Who's, who's the actor from the Ant-Man movies and he shows up in all these... Th- he's Polka uh, Dot Man and Suicide Squad. Oh, and, David, David Desmolchin? Yeah, Desmolchin. Yes. Have him show up and just start ranting about Baba Yaga. <laughs> just do it. It'd be very good. Yeah. <laughs> it's fun to imagine. Uh, We already did great this thing. Yeah, I think so. I I, I don't yeah, have a whole lot, and I think that speaks to the wonderful simplicity of the movie. Yeah. Where yeah. yes, it's it's a very straightforward action movie that just has a lot of cool world building. Like that's that's all it needs. Um, yeah, I, I I just appreciate how like it it doesn't feel pretentious. It doesn't feel like you know, it, like you said, Tyler, it doesn't feel like, oh yeah, we're getting sequels. Like this is a franchise builder. It's 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 more methodically done than that. It doesn't it doesn't kind of take advantage of the audience in that way of just yeah. like assuming that, oh yeah, we're you know, it's got Keanu Reeves. It's gonna do well. It's gonna be fine. Yeah, well, it's just I, yeah. very smartly made. And it's also nice because this did come at a time when like his last few big movies weren't really big hits, and right, it kind of helped like bring him back and now he's like a deeply beloved <laughs> star because people all realize like he's a really cool guy um and also john wick is wonderful and having said that i give it an a i'm 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 the only reason i'm not doing a a plus is i want to leave some room for two and three sure and for jesus what are y'all rating it <laughs> Um, I might sound like a little bit of a downer. I'm going to give it a B. <laughs> I'm going to give it an F. <laughs> All that said, I hate it. <laughs> a little bit of a downer, but this movie sucks. So. Twist. I don't mean to sound pessimistic, but F minus. <laughs> I'm going to steal Britain's Q because it's the dumbest letter and this is the dumbest movie. <laughs> Thanks, I hate it. <laughs> no, I'm going to give it a B, and I think that that is kind of... Uh, to an even greater degree, kind of your uh, thinking, Britain, in terms of like I, I'm the wiggle room for for parts two and three. Wiggle room, um, but yes. I, I think this is yes. Th- I think this is very well done, but I, I definitely think this has room to grow, and I think it does so very successfully. So I'm I'm gonna give it a B for right now. If I'm if I'm ever in the mood for John Wick, this is not the one I go to. Mm. It's Tango and Cash. Tyler. I think I'm gonna go A minus. Uh, I feel like A minus is the thing I use, the grade I use a lot. It's sort of uh, damn with faint praise and like say that I think a movie is very good, but also it it doesn't quite resonate with me. Sure. Um, that's kind of where I'm at with this. I think it's it's extremely well made, yeah. and I uh, enjoy it, and I'm excited about the sequels. Yeah. For sure. It's the same grade you gave Shrek. The <laughs> logic holds. Yeah. Yeah. I think a, a Casino Royale, I'm pretty sure. Uh, both are about people's... Cetera. Both involve home invasions. Okay. I just want Daniel Craig doing... What are you doing in my swamp? <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. So, switching to a slightly more somber tone for my recommendation, um, it's going to be a little broad, but if anyone out there doesn't know, a couple of days before we rec- are recording this, uh, Stephen Sondheim, 
passed away at 91, the uh, uh, le- truly legendary Broadway composer. And, you know, I, I am obviously a big musical fan. Um, I feel like in every medium, there are these names that you kind of go, yeah, I, I go to movies. You go, yeah, I know Spielberg. But then you watch Saving Private Ryan or Jaws yeah. and you go, oh, uh, yeah, Spielberg, though, is, is great. Or like with comics, I went, yeah, I've heard about Watchmen. Let me see. Yeah, Watchmen's pretty great. That's Sondheim. Um, it definitely took me a, a little bit as I was first getting into theater to really hook into him. But um, he is truly one of the best to ever do it. He is in the blood of the American theater in ways that we are benefiting from and will benefit from, I think, forever. He, I do think he's one of the great contributors to, to certainly to American theater, quite possibly to global theater. Rent wouldn't sound like it does if it weren't, if Sondheim hadn't done what he did. Hamilton, In the Heights, like these shows, sure. it, it, they ex- maybe they exist, period, but they certainly exist in the way that they do in part because of Sondheim. Um, I love a lot of his shows, and the, the specific thing I'm recommending is the PBS recording of Into the Woods. This is the original recording. Uh, it's a staged or filmed production from 1988, the original Broadway cast. It's absolutely tremendous. Bernadette Peters, Chip Zine, Joanna Gleason, Ben Wright. But uh, it is, for me, it's the gold standard of that property of, of um, filming a theater show <laughs> because it is the most I have felt like I was watching a show in a, in a theater. Um, Hamilton did a great job, but also got a little filmic with, with the close-ups yep. and stuff, which I, which I liked. But Into the Woods is like the gold standard. It might be streaming somewhere. I'm not 100% sure, but seek it out. It is really, really worth your time. Um, but it, it's I, I, I am not recommending the film version. I'm not crazy about it. I really don't hate it, hate it, but I'm just not crazy about it. But also the, the reason is I want people to seek out Sondheim's theater work. Like my, my recommendation is Stephen Sondheim. And like the Sweeney Todd movie, I actually quite like. Um I but the and there is actually a really good filmed theater production of the Sweeney Todd touring cast with Angela Lansbury that's really really good. Um, but the thing is, you know, when you make a movie of a of a stage show, inevitably there are cuts and changes and tweaks. But with the stage show, whether it's a cast album or watching one of these filmed versions, there are you get the full thing. There are at least two versions of Company out there, which is a beautiful show. Um, he wrote the lyrics to West Side Story, so obviously we've got a new version of that coming up this year, and of course the classic movie is out there to be uh, em- embraced. Um, he is he is really really incredible, and I was, su- I wasn't, I think I was initially surprised at how affected I was by it, but then I pretty quickly went, like I started just kind of cycling through the shows of his that I know, and I was oh no of course like he's written so many some of my favorite musicals and like so many shows that I love. Um, so into the woods is my recommendation, but really it's just go out there, find a Stephen Sondheim musical that interests you and watch it or listen to the cast album. It might take a minute to kind of get used to how he does things, but like when you, once you get there, you'll, you'll really be happy you, you did. And uh, I'm still discovering stuff in his shows. Also the, the other shows of his that I would particularly point to are like assassins, uh, Pacific Overtures, obviously Sweeney Todd, Company, um, and Into the Woods. Those are probably my top five, um, although I'm sure I'll think of others. So I, he's, 
he is genuinely a legend and i hope that people seek out his work because it will be really really rewarding i think when you do so steven sondheim and now y'all may recommend your things <laughs> my recommendation this week is the, the first two episodes of hawkeye which has a parody musical of captain america that's bad on purpose I was I, I was I was wondering if you had watched the, those episodes yet because I was quite curious what you yes. thought. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, legitimate recommendation. I do I do think they're they're good fun. They are the most MCU esque mm. of any of these Marvel shows they've done so far. It's not necessarily a bad thing. I think especially I, I recommend the these episodes. Um, what I'm really recommending is Haley Steinfeld. She's yeah. a ton of fun. I think she. Had, it, it doesn't take much for her to kind of plug into that mm-hmm. universe and like be somebody who, who bounces off like Jeremy Renner, especially very well. Um, <clears throat> but uh, she, she makes the adjustments that are needed to feel like somebody who is just like, yep, that's a, that's another MCU hero who we're going to be seeing for a few years. Like, I, I think she does a great job of that. Um, and is, is a ton of fun. There's, the show itself is, I, I think, fun is the word for it. Um, it's it's got some some cute scenes, and um, I think Jeremy Renner's doing you know doing his thing. He's uh, he's he's acting. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's good. That's I'm not I'm not actually that down on Jeremy Renner, sure. but like he's fine. He's he's fun. Um, he does some good like straight man bits, uh, and it's uh, there's some good funny stuff and also uh i think we, we've been burned a few times here i think they are setting up some big villain reveals that are gonna come about and i think that's close to confirmed by like people around the show and based on the direction the show is heading um but we'll, we'll see about that uh-huh. maybe wow. i'll revoke my recommendation at the end I, I didn't realize Mephisto was going to show up in Hawkeye. <laughs> yeah. Mephisto, there's a big cliffhanger Whoa. at the end of episode two, and it's Mephisto <laughs> being played by Keanu Reeves. Whoa, that's crazy. Um, I, how, this, I'm basing this on the marketing and posters. Just from two episodes, can you tell how much it's taken from the Matt Fraction run? It's, I haven't read the full Matt Fraction run. Yeah. I've read some of it. Um, no same i think i read like the first two volumes maybe it was i really liked it but it's not a it's not a super long run Mm -hmm. um it's like 20 issues i think uh but um it's it pulls i think it's doing what the mc normally does it's pulling elements okay and kind of just like this is something that we're pulling from this but the circumstances aren't really the same like hawkeye doesn't have a um a wife and kids in that run that's all like an mcu thing um and also uh that run hawkeye is like it's it's just about hawkeye just like struggling by yeah. while while this is like he has a very specific purpose of a thing he needs to go okay. to um I, I don't know or really have a ton of confidence that this could ever be heralded as like an improvement in the way that i think uh some of the past uh mcu stuff that has drawn heavily from comics things have improved civil war (coughs) civil war would be my big one um 
There's a few other ones in there too, I think. But Civil War, Civil War is a big one that's like, yes, this is, <laughs> to, to me, head and shoulders above the comics version. Yeah. Um, and I think th- it would be unfair to expect Hawkeye, the show, to hit those heights because that's like a really acclaimed run um, that the, the Matt Fraction, David... I don't know if it's David Aha or David Asia. Aja. I don't know. I don't... I'm not sure. That's a tricky J. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I think it would be unfair for it to... <laughs> for it to try to reach those those heights or to expect it to but i think it's good fun i think it's it seems like it's going to be the most like this is accessible np mcu content that introduces things that are going to be important moving forward sure uh it's it's it doesn't have a gimmick like the other shows do yeah yes tricky j my favorite magician (laughs) tricky j (laughs) that's a good pun on actor magician ricky j's name there you go tyler i did want to ask um because with our Black Widow review, we were talking a little bit about how it kind of impacts our feelings on Endgame. Does does the show, and you're only a couple episodes in, does it improve on the Hawkeye material in Endgame at all? Uh, it's It's pretty heavily intertwined with it. And I think it is exploring that in more detail. I don't know that it's going to really address it in such a way that it's like oh this suddenly makes me feel bad about hawkeye or black widow uh from an end game and, and some of the quibbles we have with that yeah uh, maybe larger the quibbles depending on how you feel about it um but i, I was thinking more along the lines of him ter- becoming ronin and then kind of going after all of these people and basically becoming like a serial killer versus his relationship with natasha and how all that shakes out it's it's addressing it. I don't know that it's like, well, yeah, I would say it's, it's about a lot of it's about the consequences of like what he was doing at least. So, okay, cool. Well, that's something there's, at least there's, there's something it, it's not, it's not throwing it aside. Okay. All right, Alex. Well, good. Yeah. Um, I decided to continue my thanks taking celebrations with the family and watch no time to die. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> for the fourth time only four wow okay i thought you up to five or six good knew you could i mean it, it comes out on on blu-ray in like a few weeks so we'll get there yeah <laughs> gotta pump those yeah, numbers you, up you, you can get it get it on blu-ray and then um lock in that first week viewings five six seven yeah, eight, yeah. nine and ten and eleven uh it still holds up uh i still have some of the same uh issues with it that i did even on like first viewing so i think it's good that my it's it's stayed consistent it hasn't been like this huge drop off um and all the stuff that i found really compelling in it in the first place is still very very compelling and uh daniel craig is delightful and needs to be in more things give me the knives out sequel now thank you um, I also am halfway through Get Back the Beatles documentary. It's very long and very good, and I will leave it at that. Is it episodic, or is it just a long... It's split into three parts, but okay. each one's like two and a half hours. Gotcha, so... gotcha. Yeah. Cool. Watch out, Emmys. Sorry, Tiger King. Tiger King 2? Tiger King 2, Season of the Witch. 
<laughs> That's right. In this one, Carol has to fight a tiger witch. You know, that might be a more accurate subtitle for Tiger King 2 than it was for Halloween 3. Also, I'm really sad and impressed that I pulled Carol's name because I never watched Tiger King and <laughs> remained willfully ignorant. Yes, but uh, which was the correct move. Yeah, but I also, I guess, <laughs> cultural osmosis and my own dang brain bit me again. Yeah, I, re- I remember around the time that that came out, a couple of other friends uh, were, were like trying to mention it just in like passing. And I was like, no, nah, I'm, I'm <laughs> not. I'm not going there. Well, I'm gonna, not- I'll read the book. <laughs> I'll listen to the soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. Tyler fell on that particular sword for this show. <laughs> he kept thinking it said Tyler King, and he was like, well. <laughs> When's it going to get to, to me well, being King, I, huh? I, I, I guess so. <laughs> I'm waiting for the cameras to burst through my door any day now. <laughs> That's how this works, right? Putting on his best bow tie every morn. Uh, well, guys, I'm glad we're back to, to doing a franchise, doing a trilogy. I'm really excited to watch uh, John Wick Chapter 2. Um, like I said, I haven't seen it, so I'm really stoked to find out who is in it and what they do to our friend John. And if you want to hear more about that, Tyler, where can they find us? You can find us on the internet. Thank you. And good night. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can find us online at herecomesequels.blogspot.com. You can find us on Twitter at HTTSequels. We're on uh, iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, all that good stuff. You can email us at herecomesequels at gmail.com if I didn't already say that. We were um, on YouTube at one point. I'm, I'm, I swear I'm not mad about that anymore. I got yeah, over YouTube. it. I recovered. They just put reaction videos in my feed. It's fine. <laughs> I'm not going to go back to this well. YouTube, YouTube sent like a, a, I think a like terms of service update email to uh, the, the Here Come the Seagulls email the other day. And I was like, what? You, you kicked us out? What do you... Do you guys think... <laughs> Who do you, what do you guys think there? I know there's a guy who does like the long investigative documentaries with YouTube about like, why well, come the fries are weird or whatever. Do you think we could get him <laughs> to wait? No, there's a guy. On, I, I don't to... remember his name because I don't I'm not young, but he can't goes leave on, us hanging on. How come the fries are weird <laughs> well, he does, like that? Right. No, but he, he, do, he delves into these like urban myths or whatever and like yeah. does these full exposés through YouTube. Do you think we could get him to do a video about why we're not on YouTube anymore? <laughs> maybe. Or Lindsay Ellis. How... Maybe. Lindsay, get at us. <laughs> How come the fries are weird? Get get Jenny Nicholson to like dress up as us and do a three-hour breakdown of our show. God, I'd Trust be me. so embarrassed. Trust me, Britain. All, all Lindsay Ellis would need to do is listen to our review of uh, Game of Thrones Season 8, and she just... She'd decline. She'd respectfully decline. <laughs> Was she not a fan? No. She really? has about uh, at least an hour long video explaining why. Okay. I've only. I think the only thing of hers I've actually watched full through was about the producers, which was great. the The thumbnail is just a very awkward um, profile picture of Daenerys, and it just the the caption on the video is just "Dragon Lady Bad." <laughs> <laughs> well. Um, YouTube, when I search, how come the fries are bad? Uh, or sorry, how come the fries are weird? <laughs> I, I can't get over that. Uh, <laughs> it comes up with, the, the top result is eating nothing but fries for 26 years. Addicted to fries, freaky eaters, US season one, and then cuts off from there. Okay. Right. Well. 
Uh, also, some uh, Adventure Time clips. <laughs> um, how to make McDonald's French fries. Um, an eleven-year-old video from I guess the official Weird Al channel called Weird Al Yankovic trapped in the drive-through. <laughs> oh yeah, I remember that song. Uh, so. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I I basically I referenced what I meant to reference. <laughs> but I, did you? <laughs> I just can't remember the guy's name. A coworker was telling me about him. But what what is he like? What he does he does he like he like exposes on like weird stories about like oh everyone says that this isn't it, but like candy bars are getting smaller or something, and is so it, he would like do a deep dive. Into is it Joe Rogan? No. Look, if I mention if I mention Joe Rogan, our viewership numbers automatically go up. Okay, we yeah. hit the algorithm but, sweet but at spot. At what cost? Yeah. <laughs> at what cost? It's fine. Everything's fine. He's gonna fear factor us, isn't he? I don't want to <laughs> sit in a big old tub of snakes or whatever they do on that show. <sighs> i'm looking through i'm looking through results for candy bars are getting smaller and there's a lot of like oh here's a local news thing about yeah. this or here's like uh a, a 10 minute video uh lots of like random on and off things uh about people talking about food the chip smaller. bags then, just have less and less chips yeah, and more and, and more so, air so, Stuff like that, and then and then just how many Hershey's chocolate bars does it take to stop a bullet? <laughs> <laughs> and the thumbnail is is literally just a man pointing a, pointing a gun at a huge row of Hershey's bars. Guys, I think I know what the opening scene to John Wick Four is, <laughs> or the Here Come the Sequels TV show. That too. <laughs> Good. I still i i need i need you to keep suggesting things until we find this man. <laughs> I will I will try to get. I need to know why the fries are weird. <laughs> I don't know if he did one about fries. Is there is there an expose as to why TV commercials are so much louder than the actual programs? But the, the, it's that kind of stuff that he would be investigating. Yeah, which also sounds like a ninety nine percent invisible story. Um, sure. I don't know. I will I will report back as I get more information. <laughs> Uh, but uh, but until we reach that day, I've been Britain. I've been Alex. <laughs> it looks like it was like only like ten or fifteen chocolate bars. It's <laughs> <laughs> kind, of, kind of impressive. I'm a little. I really did not think it would work that well. That's, um, I bet that's cheaper to buy than a bulletproof vest. Yeah, just walk around with uh, a box of John should have uh, just, John should have just gone to here. gone to Kroger. Yeah, get him get him some get him some Hershey bars. Uh huh. Um, I don't I don't know that they'd have enough there, but you could like yeah yeah probably it, Amazon. This sounds this sounds like a sequel to like Guns Akimbo or something like that. Oh God. Yes. <laughs> Having seen it, uh, yes. <laughs> Uh, I I've been Tyler. Um, we're going to figure out why the fries are small next time on Here Come the Sequels. Uh, <laughs> so don't worry about that. We will answer the mystery. Y- you've you've had a good night. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <laughs>